We've got the Krampus character in this thing, and uh, killer elves, and uh, demon succubus things, and uh, satanic babies, and it's a Christmas movie, you know? What, the lady who falls in love with the ape man? You didn't buy that one? Ah, hey, how you doing? Take your shirt off, rub your nipples, and just bathe in Chris Christopherson. It's Kristen Stewart, you see? Now I'm gonna fight crime, and there's gonna be ninjas. Lance Henriksen was born an old man. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that is sick of this sun-setting-all-day nonsense. Be up or be down or fuck off. <laughs> Since when did Ohio become Alaska? Like, I'm just waiting for it to just sun to just vanish. It's just going to be completely gone for six months. 30 days of night. Yep, here we yes, go. Exactly. <laughs> I'm Eric Warren. I'm Eugene Weaver. Uh, yeah, I drive around all day, so when it's it's like setting at 1030, I'm like, so tired like why just come on give me a break yeah <laughs> at least that's how it feels but, but it is nice time of year I mean, i'm i'm up early in the morning though so it is nice to see the sun coming up a little bit earlier i actually do like that uh makes me not quite as depressed not being able to sleep that good so when uh the sun rolls around at like six thirty or so i'm like all right i've been up an hour it's it, now the sun's rolling on in good good times yeah, I like that too. That doesn't bother me. It's not a time change thing. It's just that time of the year where the sun is up the least, so it has this funky angle. Instead of mm. going high in the sky, it's low, so it feels like it's always setting. So by 2 p.m. of driving around, I'm like, ugh, I can't even keep my <laughs> eyes open. Yeah. It's very obnoxious, but. Gotcha. Get, yep. get with understand. it. Get with it, Earth, and your stupid yes. tilt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm still riding the Canadian hunter. I gotta, I gotta oh. keep funding my my future um, homestead. So I gotta keep, I gotta keep sending money over across the border. Oh, okay, gotcha. Tasty though, tasty beverage. I'm still on it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, all you need to know. So I, uh, in my ever ongoing quest for new scotches. Uh, I was at the liquor store, and the guy surprisingly knows me now. Hmm. I don't hmm. have a problem. I don't have a problem. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm perusing through the aisle, and he says, "Hey, um, you know, I'm." He kind of knows what I like. Again, I'm kind of embarrassed saying that, but he. <laughs> he's oh, like, that's, have that's okay. The guy I buy my comic books off of has two jobs. His other job at a liquor store. So oh, every there time. You go. We see each yeah. other twice a week, and it's always that weird glance like, Hey, hey guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he sells me my two favorite things. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, this so, so he's like, hey, if uh, if you like uh, whatever I had, I I was I, – I had the previous time. He was like, you really should try uh, this kind here because it's on sale right now. It's, you know, it's usually $21. It's on sale for 15 which is, I'm like, okay, that's, so oh, now we're talking. So it's called Two Gingers, um, Irish whiskey. And I am happy to report it is very tasty. And has no soul. Uh, none at all. <laughs> none. But it is good. I can tell there is a, um, kind of along the lines of Cuddy, like they all kind of taste similar. And this definitely tastes like Cuddy to me, like if you like Cuddy, you probably like two gingers. Good stuff. 
Cool. That sounds so, uh, yeah. That sounds interesting. If you like putting things with no soul inside your body. Yes. <laughs> <But that's>... <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Uh, anything else we need to touch on before we get going? How are you doing otherwise? Life is good. Yeah, life is good. Yeah, I. I, I mean, I don't want to get into uh, politics because I, no. I have I have my up days and my down days. I'm still reeling from that. Uh, catastrophe but uh, otherwise good things are good yeah, I, and the only thing i wanted to say about that is uh, about the intro thing i did last week i i just wanted to clarify for anybody that might have been confused i was not saying accept it get over it or any of the things that some assholes have been saying this week that's not what i was saying at all yeah uh, i was just yeah that, that's very annoying it's like that's not what i meant yeah. at all but um yeah, everything is going kind of according to that intro, too. It's, he's now making selections, and you are free to judge the shit out of him. Go for that. Judge away. Yep. yep. Uh, but uh, mm. also keep in mind, too, that since he hasn't been elected yet, I mean, he's not the, the officially taken over. Nothing has officially really been done either. I mean, even though he's, you know what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. At least that's what they say, and we can judge mm. that. <laughs> yep, we shall we shall see. But um, yep, yep. I don't. I'm don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I nah. Whatever. Uh, yep. Tr- try to keep my comments to myself, I guess, for now. That's all good. <laughs> yeah, we're here to talk about movies anyway. Unless it's a Michael Moore right. movie, then we can kind of leave politics by the wayside, at least as much as humanly freaking possible. Because you're yes. not here to listen to that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Okay. Let's dive into the roulette, where we force each other to watch movies. Damn it, I did the old intro. Now I'm supposed to be doing the new positive intro. I, I reverted back to my negative ways with our politics talk. Um, <laughs> See? Where That's we, what politics we, does. <laughs> we dive into the ocean of voodoo mm. to find the, find some gems in the rough, maybe. Not Netflix this week. It's going to be voodoo. Well, actually, our reviews are sold from last week's Netflix, but the next picks will be from... Voodoo. What do they call it? Movies on Us, which is movies, movies on us, ha- which is cool. They add a couple of ads onto it and watch for free and legal, which we're huge fans of. Okay, uh, last episode it was Into the Inferno up against uh, Deep Breath. I am the pretty thing that lives in this house. Long title <laughs> alert. Yeah. Uh you are up first this week. So okay. Go for it. Letter, letter rep. Okay. I am the pretty thing that lives in the house. Directed by Oz Perkins, 2016. Netflix original. Um, yeah, the, the synopsis real quickly here. A young nurse takes care of an elderly author that lives in a maybe haunted house. And I'm just going to start by saying I very, very, very much did not like this movie. However... Uh, this movie is not without its merits. It's just not uh, my cup of tea. But it is, I, I will give the director this much. He definitely tried something unique and different in that this is pretty much entirely voiced over by the, uh, by this nurse. And it, it runs like a, uh, the whole runtime, it pretty much feels like a, a poem, I guess, like a, a really long poem, like 
uh, I don't want to use the word pretentious. I really don't uh, because there, there was a lot of – you can tell there was a craft that went into making this movie. Um, sure. it, it's just not it, – it was so slow, so ungodly slow. Uh, there is a couple of genuinely great jump scares. Um, however, having said that, it is – not a horror movie, in my opinion. This is very much a meditation on growing old and dying, and then the the possibility of a ghost in the house. Then, and basically, it's not meant to be taken as a horror movie, but more of a a ninety minute poem, I guess. Because a lot of it is maybe maybe they mean things what the, this lady is saying, but to me, I'm like, this is just rambling about. The pretty flowers and the, I, I got it. So, yeah. So anyway, I, but having said that again, I really didn't like it, but I can give it props for being different and that this is not a complete steaming pile of shit. It is not. It's just very much not for me. So the Netflix originals still kind of stand in a way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Like there is going to be people that probably genuinely really like this movie. Uh, because it is beautifully shot. The music is good. It does have a creepy, very creepy atmosphere going on. Uh, and maybe if I went in thinking this is going to be very slow paced drama with a couple little jump scares in there. Okay. But as it was, I'm like, there's just a lot of voiceover that doesn't really, to me, make sense, but I'm sure it fit in there for a reason. And it does have a, there's a plot in there. It's just very much not a typical movie. So I completely get what you're saying, and uh, hold on a sec. Let me jump to my review pile here. Collective Unconscious, which I reviewed on the Facebook page, that collection yes. of shorts, yes, very much falls in that same category where it's like some of them did not work for me at all, but they were all the elements were there were totally on point. It just was not f- for me uh, on some of the shorts. A couple mm-hmm. of the shorts totally were for me and you, uh, but. A couple of them very much were not. I, I totally understand what you're saying when you say it's like an, they're doing something artistic and arty and new, and it doesn't have that air of pretentiousness of like we're condescending. It's just here's a guy putting his art on film in a different yes, way. Yeah. This doesn't happen to be for us. Or yeah, you. Yep. I, I you totally know, I, get what you mean. Yeah, I honestly would be curious. One of our listeners, uh, he has his own podcast, Steve. I actually think that Steve should watch this movie. I would be very curious. To see what he thinks of this movie because he might really like it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, this is a very much a different personality types could really, really like this movie. And I might actually down the road, I might give this movie another watch with, you know, with a new set of eyes on it. And it might, it might be way better, but it, those looking for a very, you know, horrific movie, nope. <laughs> so anyway, there you go. And so it's a, yeah, I, I hate to give it a thumbs down, but I just, be personally and my personality, not for me. This was not. No, I, I, I totally have the flavor of it in mind. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. On my side was a documentary from Werner Herzog called Into the Inferno with stunning views of eruptions and lava flows. Werner Herzog captures the raw power of volcanoes and their ties to indigenous spiritual practices. And I'm going to kind of spoil a little of this movie and I, it'll be okay for you to hear it anyway. I think mm-hmm. it might draw more interest. Uh, for you, because I've got a little bit of a conspiracy theory going on with this movie, and I am curious if it's just me, 
or if I'm reading too much into it or what. Um, but basically, Herzog goes around filming these volcanoes, talking to people, the scientists that deal with them, getting as close as he can without getting into danger. And the, some of the cinematography and the photography is just absolutely stunning. I'm definitely giving this movie a thumbs up. No, uh, like like most of his docs, they're about ten minutes too long. Like it just hangs on a little bit more there. But in this case, I'm going to allow it because I feel like this was a movie within a movie. Like th- this was actually two documentaries. Um, yes, he goes around and flies all over the world to these different volcanoes, and the rivers of lava they film are terrifying. Like some of the times they're as big as on whatever planet Anakin and Obi-Wan were on. And it was like scary because it was real. Um, and then about, uh, the halfway point, there's like, well, we're going to go to this next volcano and it's in North Korea. Whoa. Now they're going to let us come in and we're going to film, but we got to, we can only film certain things and only with certain government officials around us. And then they film a lot of shit that is not volcanoes. Oh, really? Into the Inferno? Oh, interesting. Yeah. This is where my little conspiracy mind goes crazy, because they show a lot of political craziness. Here's how the people have to uh, support their government, and then they show, like, I don't even know, 150,000 people all in the streets performing with these... uh, colored blocks on their heads to make designs and goose stepping and all kinds of insanity that I am pretty sure they didn't want them to film. If I had to guess, they spent (laughs) quite a bit of time in North Korea filming, not volcano. And then for like the last 20 minutes or so, Oh, here's these other volcanoes. Another part. It's like, there's a huge, like it felt like 40 minute section of this movie that was just about North Korea and politics and stuff. And it's just kind of buried in this volcano movie. And maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but I kind of know Werner's, um, (laughs) uh, brilliant comedic timing and, and the way that he does things to be funny that people think are serious and vice versa. And it would totally be like him to, we walked into the inferno. All right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, maybe yes. I'm just totally reaching on that, but you definitely should give this film a watch because that those aspects were totally fascinating to me. Cuz for a while when it was happening, I was like, why are we spending so much freaking time on this? And then it, yeah, I kind of put those pieces together. And again, I'm probably reading too much into it, but it still was totally fascinating to watch the North Korea stuff. Uh so, yeah, Into the Inferno, I give that one a thumbs up. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. The volcano stuff was scary as shit. The North Koreans are scary as shit and uh, Werner's awesome. Um Yes, he is. I am a fan. I agree. So keep that one in the queue. Okay. Yep, I actually considered uh starting that tonight before the podcast, but uh I'm like, yeah, I want to hear what you have to say about it and it's it could be kind of heavy cuz I know Werner Herzog's documentaries tend to Air on the side of getting very, very heavy. So, but now I will definitely watch it. It wasn't too heavy. They they de- uh, did talk to a lot of local tribes, people who like worship the volcano and their little rituals and practices around the volcano and stuff. And that, you know that stuff was that stuff was interesting. It was just like a Nat Geo doc or something. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but it, it wasn't. I didn't really feel like it was heavy. Some of the North okay. Korea stuff kind of was like, 
holy shit, that is yeah. freaking creepy, but... <laughs> anyway. Nice. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Uh, let's Time go for on voodoo, to the next huh? round. Yeah. We're, we picked movies from Voodoo. Eh, the free section with the ads. So you get to go first. Sell me on your movies, okay. sir. Okay. Okay. First up is a movie called Come Down. Uh, six tearaway teenagers break into an abandoned condemned tower block to make mischief and party. A resident psychopath lurks within the floors and is determined to track down and kill them one by one, ensuring they will never leave his building again. Um, uh, doesn't that sound like the, um, uh, see no evil with Kane from WWE. <laughs> there you go. I mean, yeah, it, it kind of does, but it also sounds like chopping mall in a way. It's yes. <laughs> a bunch of teens break into a place to party and beer and sex and then kill a killer or something. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's number one. Number two, this one here, I thought just sounded really cool. Uh, Paradox Alice. Uh, very, very cool, probably way cooler than the movie itself, cover of a spaceship and planets exploding and all sorts of crazy science fiction stuff. Uh, cornerstone in the new paradigm of outer space science fiction movies like Clooney and Bullock's Gravity, Paradox Alice sets off from Europe in an epic Lost in Space Odyssey. And that's the synopsis on Voodoo, so there you go. Um but yeah, uh, now that movie is almost two hours long, so keep that in mind when you are making your selection. Last no but not least is a movie called Among Friends. And uh, this one I chose because of the director. Uh, this was directed by Danielle Harris, who is um, – she's the lead actress in Hatchet Part 2 and 3. And she's – I mean – Oh, and she was also in Rob Zombie's Halloween one and two, and she was, was, she, little... was she in in the Black Christmas redo? No, she was not. No, no huh? No, but she was also the little girl in Halloween four and five, like the original back in the late eighties, the Halloween movies part yeah. four and five. So yeah, her she's name kind of does a, ring a bell. Yeah, so she, and I like her. She's a good actress and. Uh, Kind of a new scream queen type. Uh, but this one here is, uh, let's see, synopsis is good times take a dark turn when longtime friends get together for an 80s themed murder mystery party that is soon hijacked by someone from their past. The dinner guests will have to face their lies and secret betrayals as they discover the terrifying lengths to which their host will go to expose the truth. And I think that, um, on one of one of Adam Green's uh, podcasts that I listened to a while ago, that he had her on as a guest, and she was actually talking about this a little bit. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's that's something. That might be yeah. something. Who knows? So, and sure. it is 81 minutes, and it's a horror comedy, is what it's listed at uh, listed as on Voodoo. So it's not straight up horror. It might be maybe kind of funny. haha. We'll see. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, and for you, I. Uh... I had plans of of get a, a couple of movies like oh I know he hasn't seen that I'm gonna make him watch that and then they were not on there anymore so I wonder how often the turnover is for movies yeah. going for pay rent and whatever so we might want to really try and keep an eye on that not only for our selections but also because if there's that much turnover that quick that could mean uh, you know good things uh, first up. From 1970, Hornet's Nest. Rock Hudson plays an American army officer who joins forces with his Italian rescuers after they save him from a German attack in the suspenseful World War II drama that co-stars 
Silva Cochin. Is that a name you know? I just threw that no. in there. Because, okay, I didn't know. If it was Someone, yeah. Um, yeah, 1970, 110 minutes. But that cover is that. That's oh, us. it's great. Yeah. Next up is your random piece of crap horror movie because we know both both know it's going to be a piece of crap. Night Wolf. Sarah returns home to her troubled family after a much put off visit. As a storm rages through the countryside, she and her family find themselves isolated as night falls. A bloodthirsty, horrifying creature comes out of the darkness, tearing through their home. I'm always up for a creature feature. Uh, from 2012, 85 minutes, and stars Tom Felton. I figured you might oh. like that. Oh, yeah. Harry Malf- Potter. Dr- Draco Malfoy from, yeah, okay. And lastly is Shooters. Jilly, fresh out of prison, and Jay, a two-bit hustler with a major drug problem, can't shake their criminal ways. Scheming to make money, the two become entwined with seedy types from an Irish kingpin to a psychotic supplier, played by Gerard Butler. From 2003, 96 minutes. So you got a little action, thriller, horror, and some old-school silliness, probably. Um, I guess you pick first. Okay, um, wow, um... Uh, my, my gut instinct says go with the Rock Hudson movie from 1970, but the runtime is kind of, um, but then (laughs) Tom Felton though. Yeah. Mm. I really tried to sell you on that piece of crap, didn't I? Yeah. Hey, um, Harry Potter dork. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And the, the other one sounds good too, but I can't believe I'm even, I'm even saying this, but I'm like, that sounds kind of old. From 2002 or three, I'm like, eh. <laughs> um, so, uh, Nightwolf. <laughs> Alrighty. And I'll shock everybody and take the sci-fi flick, Paradox Alice. That sounds oh, kind of really cool. Nice. I'm, I'm up for, I'm in, after the horror-thon, I'm, I'm into a sci-fi kind of mood. Even if it's a piece of crap, it'll, it'll be, you know, interesting. Maybe. Hopefully. Okay. They're comparing themselves to George Clooney movies, so that, that probably means they're accurate, right? Sure, of course, yes. And it's yeah. free on Voodoo, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they put all the best movies up there for free. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a good point in that these movies may have a quick turnover, uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll probably be watching this one within the next day or two just to make sure that I get get it watched. Yeah, me too. And if it would happen to go off, don't go pay for it. Pick something else, or I can find okay. you something else. Don't yeah. don't be paying for these. Actually, yeah. If, if 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 just if, if for some reason Night Wolf would go off, then I'm gonna jump on Hornet's Nest, and I'll probably just go down the. So, okay, I'll I'll make it work. Okie dokie. That's gonna wrap it up for the roulette next week. It will be Paradox Alice up against Night Wolf because you know. Up against the day wolf. I don't know. What, what, night wolf. Yeah, I know. I have very little hope for that, but you never know. How can we say werewolf without saying werewolf? I know. Night wolf. Moon wolf. <laughs> uh, that is a bad title, by the way. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there you go. That's the roulette. Let's move on to, uh, we're going to do recently watched because we wanted to catch up from having a week off and yada yada. So uh, let's do recently watch first. And if we have some time left, we'll do something else. But okay. I wanted us to have some plenty of flex time tonight. Okay. You're up first. Okay. So 
So first up is, um, now I also have Amazon Prime, so I am able to watch certain movies that are not on Netflix or this new, the, the new thing that Voodoo's doing. And one movie I saw pop up on Amazon, and Amazon is really getting aggressive with their trying to compete with Netflix. I've seen at least yeah. with, with Prime, I'm pretty impressed with some of the movies that are popping up there. I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty recent and a pretty big movie. Uh, and one in particular, I immediately jumped on with, uh, I don't want to say high, like pretty high hopes, but because uh, this director, for me personally, kind of goes up and down as far as, oh, I love that movie. And then eh, not so much. And that is Nicholas Winding Refn's The Neon Demon. Oh, my. So I, I watched that one. I can't wait to hear about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So I watched that one. Uh, it's two hours long, which is entirely way, way too long. Um, it, uh, honestly, I, I don't want to compare it to the pretty thing that lives in the house, but this is again, um, not, does not follow the traditional movie type structure. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and this, this director does that from time to time and didn't Valhalla Rising it was – this reminds me of Valhalla Rising a bit in that it's just this – And that you're going to give it a negative review this time and then the next time you watch it, you're going to give it five stars and yell at me when Maybe. I tell you you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, um, yeah. it's so long. It's so, it's so ungodly long uh, and I think I get what they're going for. It's this young actress or young model, I guess. She moves to California falls in with this group of other models and they're of course all shallow hollow people that are jealous of each other and then a lot of weirdness and a lot of really slow mo pretty scenes of glistening fairy dust or whatever <laughs> falling on the girls faces and <laughs> lipstick and it, it goes on and on is and he then, turning into Lars von Trier is that what you're telling me Oh man, that's a good comparison there. <laughs> this movie is random. Uh, uh, I Keanu, don't like that. Keanu Reeves is in it for what reason? I'm not sure. Ella Fanning is the, our lead actress, and I believe she was the young girl in Super 8, J.J. Abrams Super 8. Um, but I, I think, think so. the whole, the whole point is just that, uh, the shallowness that is maybe some of that biz and it's kind of a morality play. I don't want to give away the the last 20 minutes because it goes completely bonkers and it takes a sharp sharp left turn and you're like, "Oh, okay, now it's kind of cool all of a sudden." Uh but I this is another one where I can see certain certain people loving it and thinking it's a beautiful movie because it is beautiful. Uh, but hell, man, it was a slog to get through. And I just, I hated, <laughs> I hated every single person in this movie. Every single person. Even Ella Fanning eventually, I'm like, okay, now I kind of hate you too. Uh, so, and it, what, eh. what did you think? I remind me, what did you think of his last one? You know, I thought it was okay, but it's, this is no drive, by the way. This is not drive and this is not the pusher trilogy. Uh. Yeah, this is it, more. It feel, it's more and more feeling like Drive was the anomaly of. of yes, his. it. Yep, I would probably agree with that. Uh, this, I, I would be surprised if you would like this. Um. So anyway, I'm, I'm glad I watched it, but I will. Be, I can't imagine I'm going to watch it again because, yeah, oh, man, 
it was so slow. And well, just... I'm 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 gonna watch it at some point. I I but yeah, I don't know. I I was really let down by that. Last, what was it? Only God forgives. I I I liked the movie. I appreciated it and everything. But between that and Valhalla Rising, which I also was like, what? Um, it just sort of felt like Drive was like, okay, let me make something for normal idiots like Eric on Movie Freaks so that he can appreciate a movie, and then I'm gonna go back to making my artsy shit. Yeah. That's, it's fine. It's always been beautiful to look at, but I'm kind of holding my breath now as he's been, what, one for four for me, or one for three? At any rate, not that super. I I will say that Only God Forgives is definitely better than this. I liked Only God Forgives better than this movie, so take that. You do it that way. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Uh, next, give me another one. Okay. Um, okay. Um, next up is um, uh, The Huntsman, Winter's Winter's War. Uh, the sequel to the Snow White movie. Uh, this is, you know which one I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yep. This is Chris Hemsworth. Charlize Theron is in this, as is... Um, actually, a, there's a lot of big actors in this movie. Jessica Chastain is in this. Emily Blunt. Nick Frost. I really like Nick Frost. He is hilarious in this movie. Surprisingly, uh, Kristen Stewart, who is Snow White in the first one, is nowhere to be seen. And I'm like, <sighs> either... I'm like, were you busy? Or you're certainly not that big of an actress to not be in this because... You not being in this definitely improves the movie. I like this one better than the first one, by the way. Um, <laughs> I don't believe I've heard that from any of the uh, Huntsman fans. I thought this one was fairly shit on, whereas the first one was like, I don't know, maybe I'm just going off of what people say on the internet, so yeah. who knows what the hell. Yeah. I, uh, I, I I did enjoy the first one for what it was, and this one here, it's a beautiful movie. Uh, incredibly well shot, and I... I thoroughly enjoyed it. I gave it, uh, oh, man, I gave it three and a half stars. Uh, I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed this. It's a, uh, basically Lord of the Rings slash Narnia ish light. So there you go. If you like those movies, it's just, I a, didn't, I didn't like those movies. <laughs> no. <laughs> Lord, well, Lord uh, of the Rings. N- Nar- Lord of the Rings. Yes. But Narnia. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just kind of somewhere in there. Uh, I think my expectations were so low that I went away from it thinking, "Wow, the special effects were great," and I dug the story, and it had some funny bits, and it was a good movie. I I I was surprised at how much I liked it. It was funny how Snow White is actually in this movie. In two scenes, one is uh, – this is the unrated version, which – why, I don't know. But there is actually – in this particular version, there's a scene after the credits that – and maybe I don't know the whole lore of Snow White or whatever. But there is a scene at the very end after the credits that that she's in and I'm like, huh? That makes no sense to me at all. But but they never show her face. It's just some actress from from the back. So it's implied it's, that it's her. It's Kristen Stewart, you see? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She was so. too busy. Was, was, were Twilight sequels still coming out what, last no, year? She was, no, I was believe she was ago? done with those. Yeah, this was, uh, when was this? This was, no, this Runaways? was like, this was, I think this Runaways? year. Came to, this is 2016. I mean, this movie just oh. came out recently, so... Uh, <sighs> shows how much I pay attention to Huntsman movies. Uh, my yeah. bad. I, 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 
am going to get around to watching that first one. I've passed over it on Blu-ray for 250 multiple times now. <laughs> so, uh, but I will get to it eventually. There's no reason I really haven't watched it. I just haven't. I well, there is a reason because then I go to buy it for 250 and my hand grabs it and I look at it and it says Kristen Stewart and I'm like, yep, <laughs> yep. And my my wife actually after. After we watched this one, she was like, I don't remember watching the first one. I'm like, we, we did. And so she was like, well, I want to watch that one. So I let her, like, she went and watched the, uh, the first one again. And she agreed with me. She's like, oh, well, the second one was better because Kristen Stewart was not in it. So there you go. Awesome. Up. Oh. Okay. Over to me. What to touch on first? I'm going to, I'll get this one off. Luke Cage season one. Uh, I have vowed to, talk less about TV on the show and in general and in my reviews and all that jazz, but I do want to touch on the big TV shows, the ones that are important to me and you know, not just the frivolous garbage that I watch in the meantime. This would be the third show from the Marvel, uh, Netflix produced um, Marvel shows. And <clears throat> while I didn't know a ton about Luke Cage, I, I knew enough about him going in for uh, the comic book side of things. This was fantastic. I loved this series. Excuse me. It was just different enough from the way the other two series have been that I I I, I freaking love the dude. And I, it's hard for me to almost even talk about it because there's so much spoilery shit in there. Um, the first five or six episodes, you're like, okay, I got it. I know where this is going. And then they completely rip its head off and change it and put it in a different direction. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay. So, wow, that's what we're doing. Not what I thought at all. And then it goes a completely different direction for the rest of the series. And it was way more emotionally impactful. Not that the first half wasn't. It just was even more so. And, and from the, the theme song, the theme music, the music selections they have that play during the show and everything, this is like... I almost hesitate to even say it. It's a black exploitation film. Oh, and nice. Okay. That's kind of the tone of the entire show. It's entirely set in Harlem, as it should be, and it is just fantastic. But it's... It, I, I, a lot of people are rating these Marvel shows up against each other, and I don't even really like to do that because they have such different tones for each of them, and I feel like I'm being an asshole if I put anything above Jessica Jones because that show is so kind of feminist and rapey, and it's an important <laughs> series, and Daredevil yeah. is so loopy and kind of silly at times. Trust me, when it comes to all of these Netflix shows, Daredevil is the silly, happy, fun one. Wow, are you Really? I ain't, I'm not even kidding. So if you put a gun to my head and tell me which one I, uh, how I got to rate these, Luke Cage is number one. After I finished it, Luke Cage beats out the first two Daredevils for me because it feels like the most fully formed. I, and this is where I hate, I don't like saying black exploitation for this because it's not really exploitive so much as it is just completely African American run. And that's what makes it so great because it feels so real and it feels so adult. It doesn't feel like there's any, even though there is a lot of funny little shit in here, it feels like real. Like this is yeah. real gangster shit, and this is real people having to deal with it, and not just like now I'm gonna put on a 
uh, hood and fight crime, and there's going to be ninjas, and yeah. oh, I can fly, or you know, whatever Jessica Jones, and 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 it's just sort of like a guy that's indestructible, and yeah. trying to get his life back on track, and having to fight against real villains that we would find in our real world, not just in a comic book of that guy has this power of mind control or again, a flock of ninjas. Um, so it feels way more adult than the other shows, if that's even possible, but it does to me because it's so even more grounded than the other ones in reality, except for Luke Cage. He's the only kind of anomaly in the thing. (laughs) Um, Okay. I, I would be pretty surprised if you don't enjoy it. It was awesome. And it's, especially it's, if, it's on my list, but uh, it's like, well, I got done with Black Mirror, and I'm like, yep, I'm taking a break from TV shows for a little bit now. And uh, Oh, that's totally fine, and I usually only try and do one episode of a TV show that I'm really into per day, and with this one, I was like, I, I gotta see the next one. I would sometimes watch four <laughs> a day. Oh, wow, I mean, nice. I, I was into it, man, and I, I I loved it, and it ends differently than any of the other ones have, I think it, it's not like cliffhanger, but it's sort of like all our characters are going different directions in a big kind of transition. And it's like, I can't wait to see what happens next, but it's not like a walking dead cliffhanger type of ending, you know, which is annoying and you feel ripped off. Anyway, uh, gotcha. Luke Cage, season one. Nice. Uh, back to you. Okay. Uh, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to let this up to you here. Do you want another fairly big new release or something pretty old school? Uh, old school. Old school. Okay. So it's going to be a three movie set, but they're all so similar that this will not take long. And that is the Lone Wolf and Cub series from the early seventies. I wa- I have this on Criterion Blu-ray. Long story short, I got it for pretty much half price, which is amazing. Yeah, because uh, Criterion Correct. is <laughs> Criterion is not cheap, and neither. Thanks are for the heads movies. up on that, by the way. I really appreciate uh, that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, regular price is about eighty bucks, and I got it for thirty something. And there was a it was like a one hour flash sale or something on Amazon. I'm like, uh, yes, please buy. Click. And I actually forgot about it because it was it was so long ago that it went up for sale and that deal was and then I, I forgot about it and then all of a sudden there's a package on my door. I'm like, what's this? I'm like, oh, yes, Lone Wolf and Cub. So um, – Now, wait. Uh, this, pause for a second. You had the DVDs before? You had yes. a lot of these, didn't you? Yes. Were, you, were they valuable that you sold them or something? No. No, there's, I mean, those, uh, those are crappy transfers from a long time ago. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? These are, these are beautiful. Oh, they're oh, so beautiful. Oh, I'll watch beautiful. those, but I, I, hey, if you need a home for those, we can work something out. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit my drink out. That's great. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm the king of crappy transfer kung fu DVD movies. Oh. <laughs> uh. I will say this, this this series though is and maybe you're better at that these this type of movie than I am like for me it's like oh these are classics of cinema and I want them to look pristine and great and I think that I think that you kind of sometimes can enjoy and appreciate the real shitty VHS quality of some I, of these older ones right or well you can do that but at the same time it's just um 
it's just joy of being able to watch it in any form whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, trust me, we want those beautiful cleaned up transfers that are just so hard to come across. Hell, a lot of these films are so kind of rare and lost that you're lucky to even get your hands on them. Not Lone Wolf and Cub, but uh, some of the older... Uh, watch, go on YouTube and you watch a, a retrospective of the greatest martial arts films of all time by somebody who actually knows... Like somebody yeah. really in the know. And it's these movies from the 60s that you've never even heard of. And it's like you try and get your hands on them. Good luck. It's a 4-3 pan and scan that looks like it was ripped off a VHS that was run over by a truck in a fountain of shit. You know? <laughs> to where you can't even tell what's going on. So you're just happy to... Well, at least I have it. Yes. Um, gotcha. I understand. Yep. Well, okay. So the Lone Wolf and Cub movies... Um, I had before I ever heard of Lone Wolf and Cub, I'd heard of uh, of a movie called Shogun Assassin, which is the first two Lone Wolf and Cub movies uh, edited, re-edited together with a different soundtrack and uh, and uh, English dubbing, and it, they made they formed a movie which had a somewhat different storyline than the actual Lone Wolf and Cub series. Uh, it's still a cool movie and it's very much a grindhousey movie. Whereas these are a little bit more, um, a little bit more, I don't want to say serious, but a little bit more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? High profile, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, this is basically the story of, and I'm just, this is, I'm going to cover all three very, very quickly here. Uh, a shogun, shogun's, uh, uh what's his, what would you, uh, you know Maybe these terms be better like, than I do. Okay, he'd probably be more like a Ronin, right? He well, he's he a, is a Ronin. He, yeah, he is basically the Shogun's assassin, and uh, he is framed for the murder of his wife. And long story short, him and his little boy go on the run. He turns into a Ronin that is basically a uh, an assassin for hire. And all six movies are him getting into different different scenarios where he is hired to. Uh, kill the it's bad kind guy. Of like the, it's kind of like those westerns where it's the lone drifter who just wants to be left alone, but he keeps yes. getting into the in, in yes. entanglements. That yeah. is exactly what this is, and uh, and along the way, there's there's the ongoing plot of the actual the actual clan uh, the, that are after him, trying to kill him uh, because he escaped and he was framed, and so they want to kill him. So every every movie. The main bad guys somehow show up and they play a part in pretty much every movie. I watched the first one. I kind of, I've seen these before, so I actually kind of jumped around. I watched Sword of Vengeance, which is the first one, and then I watched the second one, uh, Baby Cart in the River Sticks. The first one is called yeah, Sword of Vengeance, then River Sticks, and then I also watched the last one, which is White Heaven in Hell. <laughs> I love so, it. I love these yeah. names. They're they're oh, they're great, oh. aren't they? <laughs> Yeah. So I still have uh, Baby Cart in Hades, in Hades, Baby Cart in Peril, Hades. and is it Hades? Hades? I'm sorry. Yes, Baby Cart in Hades, and then Baby Cart in the Land of Demons to watch. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome! Yes, and they're they're so great. <laughs> I've only seen maybe one or two of these, possibly. I don't. I haven't. I have not seen uh, the whole series, but I am well aware of the pedigree that everybody talks about these movies. Yeah. That. That, uh, of of whose kung fu knowledge I respect, so you you are not yeah. alone. This is not some random fluky thing. These are legend movies, and 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 rightly so. Uh, Tarantino, you can just tell watching these, and you're like, oh, 
Tarantino definitely has seen these movies and really likes them. Kill Bill, baby. <laughs> Kill Bill. Yep. Um, one thing of note with these movies, and they are extremely gory. I mean, they are just insanely gory. So whenever someone gets stabbed, it's not like, like someone gets <laughs> cut it. and then we, it's, it's arterial, it's, it's blood splur, like bright red paint. Just covering walls, and I—it's so beautiful. <laughs> I so I, know. I know that what's his name that did the Kung Pao Enter the Fist? That was really a takeoff on a Chinese movie, a Chinese uh, oh. kung fu boxing movie. I yeah. really wish he would get that sequel done, and I wish he would do a Japanese tilt on it where he takes on this kind of shit, so that it would be like. I'm sure they would have a gag where a guy is just kind of shaving with a razor and slightly nicks himself, and blood just. Yo, explodes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But Me one too. thing I think is so cool with these movies is um, there's so often – there's there's musical notes building up, but there's a lot of times where uh, the music completely drops out. And it makes these movies so incredibly tense when there's a group of villains and there's uh, Ogami Ito and his little boy and you know shit's about to get real and there's – and then he takes off with his samurai, he draws his sword, and there's, you, you can hear a pin drop. Like, you can, you can barely even hear him run. And some, I don't know why, but stuff like that, I, it makes me love these movies all the more because of that added little non-cinema feel. It's like, you're really watching these dudes from ancient Japan battling it out on the battlefield. It's so brilliant and gory and it's perfect. I love these movies. I would say that uh, the second one, Baby Cart, or I'm sorry, uh, the uh, Baby Cart at the River Sticks is probably the best one. I-, I need to watch the other three yet, but upon my first viewing years ago, I recall liking that one the best and rewatching it this time. I'm like, oh, this is this is so good. I can't imagine any of them are going to touch the part two. So anyway. There's my Lone Wolf and Cub spiel. No, I cool. love these movies. They're great. And I highly recommend a Blu-ray Criterion purchase of these movies. I would love to, but I don't have 80 bucks to, that I can dedicate to that. I think that um, the River Sticks one is the only one, like, true one that I have. I think I own about four copies of Shogun's Assassin, obviously. It comes in every yeah. box set of every yeah. Kung Fu, everything. Uh, and I think the, Sh- the River Sticks one I, I can't get to play. I like it's a oh a, really a, it's a weird goofy something release. I don't think I've ever been able to get it to play, but maybe I haven't tried it in that that weird Taiwan DVD player I got. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to look yeah. into that. But so uh, yeah, definitely uh, talk to me about those old DVDs okay. before you go. Gotcha. Getting rid of them. <laughs> I understand if they're valuable and you can get a lot of trade in for them or something, but if there's some weird import that they're not going to give you fifty cents for, then. Yeah, send it your way. Gotcha. Yeah, talk to me. I'll, I'll, I'll give you more than they will. And that can go into your, uh, uh, your (laughs) Blu-ray buying fund. Yes. Uh, okay. And for me, let's talk about Warcraft. I watched this on your voodoo. Thank you, sir. Yep. Let me watch your movies. Um, Boy, I really mirror your uh, your review on this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because we can just move on. Uh, I really mirror your review on this thing. Why was this so hated, for shit's sake? I, it's, I don't it's, know. It was fine. I, th- I thought that the um, 
Again, we should preface this by saying neither of us really played Warcraft. I'm very aware of it as a video gamer. I know what it is. I get it. I understand it. But I, I did. I didn't play it for 12 hours a day. I guess so. Maybe there's some finer points in there that are completely lost on me. But just sitting down and watching the film for what it was, I was totally entertained by that. I thought it kicked ass. I thought the CGI was incredible. Sometimes yep. it looked a little cartoony. But I thought that played into the favor of the film, in a way. Sort of like, I'm watching just this fun little thing. Let's just go have fun and watch it. You know, not like, it's uber serious Lord of the Rings and really characters. You know, you got these giant orc frickin' things with the weird teeth that you can't, <laughs> just for some reason, can't look away from. And I spent half the movie thinking, like, how in the hell do they eat? I don't know, all this war stuff, that's <laughs> something, but how do you eat? Uh... <laughs> Um, but you got to kind of, if you're the kind of person that like, those are deal breaker questions for you, then you have no business watching fantasy movies or sci-fi movies because you're just one of those people that nitpicks everything to death. Just let it go. Yeah. Have a little flight of fancy and just, you know, enjoy. Um, it, it wasn't the greatest movie in the world or something, but I didn't think it deserved the scalding that it got. No, uh, not at all. But from, from the critics or from the movie going public. But, uh, you know, I, I, these fantasy movies, they're a tough sell, man. It's either everybody's in or they're not, I think. They, they, they get less leniency than sci-fi, which I'll be getting to next round. Um, did you did you think that it, the movie should have either jettisoned some of the subplots or expanded on them? Because it felt like it was right in this middle section to where they could have cut a couple things out and made it a little bit more tight or better yet, they should have added a little bit more in and made it a little bit more bigger and epic, which I would have, I would have gladly watched another half hour of this movie easily. I don't think they should have cut anything out. I don't think they should have tried to trim it down to a, well, I don't even know how long it was because it felt like it flew by in an hour. Yeah, um, it did. I, I feel like if they would have tried to do that, it would have made it worse. Like, trim out some of the... Because you need to build that drama. You need to make people believe in your world. And when you... Quick, 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 it turns into that Dungeons & Dragons movie. Do you remember that shit? Oh, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> that was them trying to cut it down into a 90-minute movie. I don't think that would have worked. I would have taken another fucking hour of this movie. Oh, yeah. An hour. Yeah. It definitely needed more. It needed way more breathing room. And I do believe yeah. they made him cut uh, 40 minutes out or something like that. Oh, man. But you, what are you going to do? They're trying to sell some shit to the, the... It's corporate art. They're trying to sell the shit to the masses, and they're always going to go back to that same playbook. And they're not necessarily wrong. It's easy for us to sit back and go, you should put another hour of Warcraft orcs on the screen. And they're going, I got $100 million invested in this. Go yeah. fuck yourself. Like, no, yeah. it just that just will yeah. not get us our investment. Then it would make $20 million. I don't know. Yeah. What, what well, the yeah, hell and on top of that, then that cuts down the, on the uh, number of screens it can show on, and the times of you know, the amount of times it can play during the day. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's that's, all that's of, that's the playbook. We, we got to yep. cut this down to ninety minutes. So we can fit in ten screenings a day, yeah. <laughs> and uh, forget the forget the fact that we leave everybody disappointed yeah. instead of just a small group of people. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hopefully someday we will see maybe a little bit longer version. Unless it wasn't even filmed, uh, it it did feel like stuff was cut out, but who knows. I really hope there's a sequel, and, oh, man, I really hope there's a sequel. I want more. This was, I, I, I totally enjoyed this. 
Yep, me too. I, yep, I'm not going to give it super high marks, but I, I give it a thumbs up. Let's put it that way. Good. Uh, okay, back to you. Okay, uh, so I'm going to touch on the uh, another bigger budget summer movie that I watched recently. Man, basically now is the time where if you if you play your cards right and you go into the local family video, which is pretty much the last uh, video store that is still open, renting movies, whatever. Well, what they do is it's kind of the old model that you rent the movies for a little while, and then as soon as they start to die down in rentals, then they start marking them for sale. So all of the big summer movies are now for sale and they're pawning them off for really great prices. And another one that I bought on top of the Huntsman movie was The Legend of Tarzan. Oh, nice. I'm very curious to hear about this. So I watched that one, directed by David Yates, who, uh, honestly, the director got me more interested in the movie than the movie itself, because I liked uh, his take on the last several Harry Potter movies. And I thought, well, he directed the last several Harry Potter movies, so this has got to be kind of good, right? Uh, kind of. <laughs> so. <laughs> Overwhelming uh, endorsement. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is truly, this is a perfectly serviceable summer action movie. There is no surprises here. It's fine. It has some good special effects. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård is good-ish as Tarzan. Uh, Christoph Waltz is, he literally, Christoph Waltz is playing Christoph Waltz as the bad guy at the end. Uh Um, But yeah, it's, it's serviceable summer entertainment stuff i it's hard for me to remember the plot other than me tarzan you jane here's cgi apes go yeah so so like (laughs) every tarzan movie ever okay i got it next yes there there's a there's a couple of uh of admittedly really cool scenes towards the end of him swinging around on vines that i'm like okay that was that was legitimately a cool effect but I I totally did not like the Jane character who was played by Margot Robbie. Oh, that was her. Okay, I didn't like her at all in this movie. She was much better in Suicide Squad. I didn't buy her character one second. What the lady who falls in love with an ape man? You didn't buy that one? No, I didn't for some reason. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, if if you if for some reason pops up on Netflix, go ahead and give it a watch. It's mindless, whatever something. Okay. Next up is uh, I'm not trying to rush you, uh, Russia. It's just it, we're after eleven, and we got it. We got to get on with it. We're, we're okay. not going to get to the third thing. We're just uh, I know. yeah. Let's get through. Let's get caught up on our reviews, and that's going to okay. probably be it for tonight. Okay. Um, okay. I want to touch on this movie again, and because I already talked about this movie on a previous one, and so did you. But I want to talk about it because I revisited this one. And that is Guardians of the Galaxy. I watched this movie on Blu-ray and I just – a second viewing, I thought I would just real quickly chime in on my thoughts on that. Uh, I think we both have the same mindset in that – I don't know if you think this is the best Marvel Marvel movie thus far. But to me, it's between this and the second Captain America as the best things that Marvel has made thus far. Uh, that's, well, that's... my my very first viewing of Guardians of the Galaxy, I gave it a ten out of ten, and you know that I, as a rule, do not do that whatsoever. Yeah. 
And then I watched it again on your Voodoo here, I don't know, a year ago. And score stands. Okay, okay, great, yeah. good. Ooh, I don't need to say, <laughs> I, I don't know that I, well, I say it's the best that Marvel's made. I don't know, I don't know. I'd have to, we'd have to do a Marvel breakdown again. We tried that once and it was a mess. So, um, yeah, <laughs> at, at any rate, I've watched it twice and it's still a perfect, perfect film for me. Did you, uh, so and you've seen the newest Captain America. I have not. Did, uh, did, where does that one fall? When I'm just curious as to where you put that one. You know, that's it's. <laughs> oh, my bias is showing. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> it's tough for me to freak out about Civil War because of the backlash of BVS, and obviously everybody mm. knows I'm more of a DC guy. Uh, and while I recognize the faults of BVS, it was really hard for me to overlook the faults, the exact same faults of Civil War that people just were like, ah, it's all right. And it's Marvel. It's, yeah. It's like, why, why is it okay here, but it's not there? And it's like, well, because they had 27 movies building up these characters, so that therefore it's okay. And it's like, that doesn't float for me. Yeah. Uh, I think that. They did the absolute best job they could possibly do adapting that story for this current MCU. That okay. It's a good movie. I, I didn't enjoy it as much as Civil War. I thought it had uh, some pretty big holes in it. But And there was one... Th <laughs> I'll just restate this since it's been a while since I reviewed Civil War. There was one filmmaking aspect of it that I'm not going to tell you what it was because it really annoyed me, and I want to wait to see if it annoyed you. I don't want to tell okay. you what it is because if I bring okay. attention to it, then you'll be like, yeah, that's annoying. But after you watch the movie, we'll discuss it. Gotcha. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. But I, I did enjoy the movie. I would I probably gave it like an eight and a half. I mean, I gave it high marks. I really did. Just not like mind-blowing high marks because, again, yeah. that damn BVS coming out at the same time and people look at civil war. It's the same in the third act. They have this same, my mommy moment that I'm just like, <laughs> it's seriously, dude, when you see it, you're like, Oh, it's okay over here, but over here it's fuck you. No, uh, no, yeah, it yeah, was equally, it was equally stupid and equally easy for me to swallow in both films. That's what I'm going to gotcha. say about it. I thought it was okay. both bad filmmaking, and I didn't care about it either way, because I'm a comic book dork, and so I'm just happy to see people in costumes fighting each other on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one thing that I will give Guardians of the Galaxy one little extra bonus point for... I know what you're going to say. Lloyd Kaufman's in it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Moving you on. Know, no, uh, Guardians does not suffer any of the faults of the films that I just mentioned. It. Yeah, it it's a great movie. It's a perfect movie. Yeah. I it it's funny. It's it's got emotional parts. It's got great acting, effects. Everything about it is a fantastic, not just a Marvel Marvel movie, but a fantastic big budget epic science fiction movie. Great movie. I truly hope this thing does not suffer from sequel hangover because the first oh, one is so good and the second one's pretty well in the bag, I believe. It's all, it's done. Yeah. But James Gunn I, is directing too, right? I have high hopes because James Gunn is back and... I'm not worried. Yeah. I'm really not worried. I think he'll do fine. I, I don't think he's going to suffer that uh, amazing so, Spider-Man 2 hangover. Yeah. Good. Good. 
Well, okay. uh, from my lips to God's, the movie God's ears, I'm not defining it as a fact. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I think it'd be a complete piece of shit. I don't know. I don't know James Gunn from any, you know, (laughs) we'll see. It is weird watching, watching it again the second time. Uh, there was several actors in Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, oh, he was in Tromeo and Juliet. That's something. (laughs) Really? I love that. I love the, oh yes. I love the fact that he got some of his trauma buddies. I'm like, that's Fred, guys from trauma. From, that's, Uh, I love that. I love that. I I haven't seen all the trauma stuff, so I wouldn't be able to pick that out as easily as you, but that's fantastic. Yeah, the the right hand guy for um uh, the, uh what's the the blue the blue guy um, Yon yeah I want to say Yanti or Yon Yantu Yantu he's the one he whistles in Yantu. his little his, yeah his yeah little Yantu. arrow thing his right hand man he's got a mohawk uh he was the I believe he was the main star of Troma's Tromeo and Juliet and I was just watching I'm like oh the shit that Lloyd Kaufman put you through making that movie. <laughs> And here and you now are, you're, Guardians now you're of the here. Galaxy. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Oh, uh, it's okay. Anyway, done. Uh, all right. Um, oh, I can't wait to talk to you about this movie. Wow, Millennium from nineteen eighty-nine, I believe. Uh, okay. We were texting a little bit about this movie this week. Did you watch this movie then? I have not. Nope, I haven't okay. had a chance. Good to know. I'm gonna bring it up here. Sorry, I should have done this. So that I can make fun of all these people's names uh, correctly. Oh. <laughs> uh, th- this is one of those weird kind of science fictiony movies that, from like the late '80s, where you're like, I think I liked that, maybe, and then you go back because I-, I can't quite remember everything that happened in it. Let me go back and watch that one again, and then when it's over, you're like, Yeah, I kind of liked that. <laughs> and then about three months later, somebody says, Hey, have you ever seen Millennium? And you're like, I think so i can't remember <laughs> uh it's pg-13 1989 an ntsb investigator it's something to do with airlines seeking the cause of an airline disaster meets a see i hate to even give away this it seems like every synopsis i come across is a spoiler let's just say meets a uh an interesting and curious woman how about that? After a plane okay. crash. Okay. At the very okay. beginning of the film, uh, there's a plane crash. It starts, the film starts off in a plane and, uh, the air controller they're talking to says, Oh, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Oh, pull down, pull down, pull down. And suddenly they, the, in the cockpit, you see landing gear coming over them and they're like, Oh shit, we're right on top of another plane. And then they bump and then. There's some kind of dodgy 1989 special effects, and some models blow up here and there. Uh, and the, the, the two planes go down, and then the title card comes up, Millennium. And we are off and running uh, with this film starring... Oh, dang it, lost my thing here. Excuse me. Chris Christofferson, in the height of his most Christoffersoniest. Uh <laughs> When he was still somewhat of a... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Very sexy symbol. Sexy. <laughs> sexy. For a man who looks like he's been hit in the face with a brick multiple times. Um, but that was that thing of the 70s and 80s where that was chiseled manly man uh, manliness. And... Uh, <laughs> So, you know, it, which it's fine, but it's just so funny when, you know, super hot blonde Cheryl Ladd pops in and, oh, hi. And he's like, how are you doing? And it's just like, and she's like, 
you know, swooning. And you're like, why, why are you swooning? He looks like it, he smells of garbage. I don't know why. Yeah. But it just <laughs> Anyway, so I don't really want to get too spoilery with this with you, but um, let's just, I'll put it in terms that you and I can communicate. First act, this feels like a pretty serious kind of drama thriller thing going on where he's this, he's a plane crash investigator and he's trying to figure out why these planes crashed and it's a, you know, a whole thing. Um, meets this random woman, has a one eye stand. That's cool. Uh, she kind of vanishes oddly in a, in a interesting scene. You're like, Oh, how did she get out of the room that quick? That, that was odd. And then we kind of get to the second act. And this film mm. turns from kind of a serious late 80s drama thing to we're now in a full-on canon film. Ooh, that's a plus right there, I think. <laughs> it, it is, but if you don't know that that's the movie you're watching, you're kind of going to be like, what just happened? Because this is there's a guy that's a robot that looks like he's on BBC in 1983. Um, spiky hairdos and strange outfits, and you're like, what is happening? Just what is happening? <laughs> but if I prepare you, like, that's what we're doing, I think you'll be able to appreciate everything that happens afterwards. And I don't really want to tell you any more about the plot, just that it's there's this very interesting thing, and it turns into it's a whole science fiction thing going on. Uh, but, yeah. Just... If I, I, this is one of those movies where I was literally giddy when you said you have you have not watched it. I was like, you need to you need to watch this because if this isn't a canon film, it's the canoniest film that canon ever made. So, ooh, jump right so, on in there because it, it is dork central from the second act on. And how many times have you seen this movie now? I would guess at least four or five. And every time I'm like, I'm like, it's one of those that I went to the cupboard and would rent. I think that was good. There's this airplane and some blue glowy lightning special effectsy things. That's garbage. Eighties, late eighties, early nineties. You know, you know. (laughs) Oh yes, they're the dodgy special effects where you're like, that looks like shit, and I love it. I love it. It's that weird, like somebody went frame by frame and were scratching it or something. I don't know how they even make that effect. But don't you love those movies that you know? You know they're not the greatest, but and you rarely remember a whole lot about them. But then you see the movie and you're like, wait a minute, I I think I like that movie, right? It is. It's like Fifty First Dates with every one of the every time I watch this movie, I think I liked it, and then I go watch it again. I'm like. I, I kind of dig this. And you know yeah. what? By the, I told you while we were texting, we will see what this uh, watch brings. And by yeah. the end of the third act, it was like, I love this. I'm in. I, I dig this shit. And maybe oh, it's just nice. because I went through two giant stacks of your shitty garbage horror movies that I watched. <laughs> I, I say that jokingly. I yeah, like the know. vast majority of them. But bear that in mind. If you have that mindset of what I watched during the horror-thon... Zero chance you'll dislike this film. Okay. All right. Definitely should gotcha. give it a watch. It's, oh, it's I will. a Definitely. sci-fi version of, like, Blood Diner, Street Trash, that kind of just, yeah. what the hell? Anyway. 
once once I get done with much done. No, no, no. Once I get done with the Dusk Dog or Moon Moon or whatever the worthless whatever I'm going to watch on Roulette. <laughs> when I get that done, I'll watch Millennium. Or, <laughs> It'll um, be a, a a wonderful reprieve, and you could just sit back, take your shirt off, rub your nipples, and just bathe in Chris Christopherson. Ah, uh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Wesley uh. Snipes shows up in black leather and honestly, he was sexier and... in Blade than in this movie. Uh, Ooh, oh man! At least he had that old man grizzled thing going there. Where here, it's just like no, no. Yeah, you know, Lance Lance Henriksen is another one that kind of has that old like he he was born an old man. I'm yeah, convinced. He was. He really was. <laughs> I watch him in AVP, I'm like, damn, that dude is old. And then I go watch Aliens, and I'm like, still old. What happened? What's going on? Yeah. This is 30 years difference. Come on. Yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of old man, here's my yeah. next review. Go for it. Um, a Christmas horror story. A holiday-themed anthology movie. This is my first quote-unquote Christmas movie that I watched because we're getting into that season and I'm like, I gotta watch this one again. And the reason I say old man is because good old Bill Shatner is our crypt keeper in this, uh, in this movie. Wow. And he is great. <laughs> uh, it's, it, the movie is great. I've, I've seen it now the second, this is my second time watching Wait, it. Wait, what's it called? It, a Christmas Horror Story. Oh, I, uh, I thought you were just describing the movie you were about to no, tell no, me the title. No, okay. you know, it's called A Christmas Horror Story. So he's a DJ. Okay. He's a radio Sorry. DJ. And Naturally. he is, yeah, of course. And he's drinking eggnog and whatever. And he's, he's kind of sort of introducing these stories. And all of them sort of like Trick or Treat intertwine with each other. This is... Not quite as good as Trick or Treat, but it's right there. Like, uh. Oh, wow. It's really good. Uh, all of the stories work and how they kind of sort of weave together. It's not quite trick or treat, but for a Christmas themed anthology horror movie, this is great fun, especially with William Shatner, because whenever, uh, I don't want to say whenever you get bored, because I was never bored, but I just, I like that every now and then he pops in and it's just, he's as usual hamming it up. You can tell he came in for a weekend. Like, yeah. Bill, can we, can we get you for 48 hours? And you, sure, I'll be there. And yeah. there he sits. <laughs> I will accept $50,000 of your $100,000 budget yes. for your entire film. Yes. <laughs> but it's, it's cramp. We've got the Krampus character in this thing and, uh, killer elves and, uh, demon succubus things and, uh, satanic babies. And it's a Christmas movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Your general run of the bell. You've seen this all before. You've seen it all before. Yes. But it, it, if you seriously, if you do like stuff like trick or treat or, and there was the, uh, the tales of, uh, Halloween was another one. Uh, it's it follows the same type of formula. So if you like those, it's got some laughs, it's got some gore. It's it's fairly well made. It's not fairly. It's really well made for a low budget movie. I thought it was kick ass, especially the Santa Claus one. They're the best story of the bunch because we continually are jumping back and forth to different stories. The Santa Claus one, where uh, Santa Claus is attacked by his elves, is. The reason to watch the movie. It is great, especially with how that particular one ends. I'm like, this rules. 
That's it. There you go. Oh, okay. You owe me another one. I want another one. Okay. Um, okay, and then the next quote-unquote kind of holiday-ish movie, here's where I think you and I are going to go our separate ways on. Oh, great. Um, I gave Charlie and the Chocolate Factory another rewatch. I still like this movie. I Now, now wait a minute. I, to be fair, I... <laughs> That's not quite accurate. I didn't think you liked this one at all. Oh, I didn't at all. But that's because I'm a super fan of the original film that you have not seen. Correct. So (laughs) your review on this is moot to me. Like, it's totally fine that you like it. I, that's fine. You haven't seen the original. No, no, I haven't. When you, when you see the original and then watch this one, then we can kind of have a conversation about that, but I'm, I'm not going to. That's fine. If you like it, that's fine. Yeah, uh, I just, just don't deny that it's very pedo. Oh my god, oh, man! The whole and, and yeah, you're absolutely right. The whole way through, I'm like, oh, Johnny Depp, your skin's too, too. Uh, something about the way he looked in this was just extra creepy. <laughs> and there's a, there's a hard horror element to the original that they kind of just didn't even bother with, and it's oh, not. Really? I hesitate even saying that to you because I don't want to amp your expectations too much. It's just sort of like it exists and it's there and it's like really – there's a dark, scary undertone to that film and it's not pedophilia. It's just – Okay. This is like Satan's Wonderland or some shit. Like what is happening here? Whereas, okay, that's not like this movie does not have that feeling. No. In Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it's like you're stealing kids that you want to touch probably. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah but the special effects still hold up great the the score is your typical yes and christopher lee is in it and i always like to see christopher lee and uh johnny depp looks like a weird michael jackson-y yeah you know the drill yeah it's yeah you're literally <sighs> reviewing 10 term tim burton movies <laughs> this seriously of all of his movies this is probably the most Tim Burton-y. I'm serious. As weird as that sounds, this one here just is so Tim Burton-y. Uh, I mean, yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, the music and they got little Deep Roy. The actor Deep Roy is, he's all yeah. the Oompa Loompas and, yep. Danny Elfman's they have their there. Own. Yeah, Danny Elfman. Yep. Running, running amok. Yeah. Yep. So now anyway. It's, there you. Now it's fine. I'm not going to freak out about that until... It, Okay, here's another interesting question because you and we're going to get in, into this next month, but you recently have mm, maybe shifted your review on Alice in Wonderland. Did you rewatch the cartoon Alice in Wonderland in your I have Disney? not. No, oh, that's I have bad. not. That would make my top 5 probably of Disney movies. I love the cartoon. Yeah, and and with that we actually got the the how do I say this? It's there's some there's at the library there's some books um, that are like literally the entire movie. I, I hesitate to say graphic novel, but I guess kind of graphic novel. It's long, like almost frame for frame is in this thick book. So Lucas and I went through the entire book. So I didn't watch the movie, but it is the entire movie in picture form on this book. So I I so the graphic wanted... novelization the graphic novelization of the animated film? Yeah, the animated film, yes. Oh, okay. 
That's cool. Yeah, but that's really. Cool. Oh, it is, and it's and it's not just like a a fifty page thing. This thing is huge, and I'm like, we're it almost looks like I'm looking at animated yeah. film stock one after the other after the other. I'm like, this is weird, but it was. I loved it. It was great, but very different than the movie itself. Um, which yeah, like you said, I did. I did definitely. It's all right. I just wondered cool. if it, if the if the original had the in, had an influence on the remake, you know, or the uh, reinterpretation yeah. or whatever the hell that was. Yeah. That's all right. It's yeah. all good. Uh, Here, but definitely, here's, a, here's definitely an interesting. Give that, that? Uh, Alice in Wonderland cartoon uh, another watch because I've watched it over and over. Uh, like I watched it many times because it's one of my favorite uh, from the Disney. We'll get into this shit next month. Um, yeah. But um, my niece got into it for a minute. And so every time it was Alice in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland, I watched it over and over and over and over and over for like weeks. I still never got bored of it. Like I still never was like, oh, turn it off. Like I. I still was into it because it's just so fucked up and strange, yeah. but it is <laughs> totally entertaining and has this really dark horror undertone to the whole entire thing. Yeah, anyway. I love that. Yeah. I will say this. Uh, I noticed this about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory this time. Uh, the grandpa does this really stupid, lame dance in it. And while watching it, I'm like, that is very similar to the really lame, goofy dance that Johnny Depp does in, uh, Alice in, or in, uh, yeah, Alice in Wonderland. So yeah. the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Alice in Wonderland, there's this, there's these two stupid dances. And I'm like, I, I'm not sure if that was something that Tim Burton purposely put in both of them to tie them. To, probably not. That's just maybe uh, a who knows? movie nerd, but I'm like, Oh, what's with the weird dancing? Who the hell knows what's going on in that guy's head? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So anyway, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. We will be diving and all that shit next month. Please send yep, us your right. topics, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com, so that we can uh, theme them down to whatever the hell you want us to talk about. What is the weirdest Disney movie? Which one are the most psychedelic? Whatever. Okay. I'm gonna do a real quick double header, and then I'll be done, and you can do another round if you want, or that's up to you because we're getting on in time. Okay. Uh, David Blaine, real or magic? I watched this uh, based on your review, and I pretty much mirror your review. The only, the biggest negatives about this kind of, I don't know, this documentary, maybe documentary, I don't know. Um, the biggest negative is the weird kind of editing, and we got to put up these flashcards, and he's a weird, he's a magician, <laughs> he's, a, you know what I'm talking about, right? At the yes, I do. Yep. Kind of, I, yeah, yeah, I could have done without five minutes of that. That was it. Yeah, whatever. It was still great to see all these celebrities react to uh, his yes. um, sorcery, because that's what it is. It is very strange. <laughs> Amen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was a, an entertaining watch. I, I completely enjoyed it. I'm not a sucker. I, I know that you can do stuff with video editing tricks and everything, but I didn't really feel like they did. I, I they, they The camera stayed on him pretty darn solid. I didn't feel like there was any maliciousness there. At least as far yeah. as like a Chris Angel kind of thing where I'm like, wait a minute, that was a hard cut right before you did the thing. Um, so, anyway, check it out. Make up your own yep. mind. Uh, lastly, Dana Carvey. Single, white, man, 60. 60-year-old Dana Carvey is uh, doing a stand-up, and that's great. And I grew up watching him on SNL, uh, watching all of his characters on SNL and his impressions, and um, this was fine. I uh, I might have laughed out loud once, and for the most of the time, I just was like, eh, like I smiled, like, yeah, that's cute. 
uh, I was not dying with laughter by any stretch. It came out right probably before the, well, it came out before the election maybe, or right around the time of the election, which, which means it was filmed well before the election, so he kicks the whole thing off with Donald Trump impression stuff, and it's like, man, I am no, I, I am yeah. tired of this, and a lot of his stuff was very topical, which I tend to... Dates st- it immediately. I tend to stray from. I don't want this show to be... I don't want this show to be topical, because then what's the point of going back and revisiting it? Or, or you know, somebody comes to the show at episode 130. Why would they ever go listen to 126? Well, we're not a topical show. So you, I want the show to be accessible yeah. to any person at any time. Uh, so that's just my own personal thing. It was amusing. If you're a huge Dana Carvey fan and loved all of his impressions, then you'll smile. I, I, his impressions are, <laughs> I don't want to blast the guy. It just, it's like they're all, they're 90% there, but they're not like all the way there. So they're Schmidt, you know, it's just like, yeah, you're close. Like there's a hint of George Bush in that impression you're doing from 1996 or whatever, but it it still has a, the feel of a cash grab to me. Um, I don't know if if you're, if you're way into nineties SNL and Dana Carvey, then go for it. Otherwise, yeah, there's other, um, (laughs) <laughs> stand-ups on Netflix that you could probably find that might be better. Maybe? I don't know. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for me on Recently Watched. It's up to you. If you want to do more, we can wrap it up or whatever the hell you want to do. Okay. Uh, I want to touch on one more and then I will be done. Because you said topical, I'm like, you know what? I want to touch on this movie uh, because it is not topical and uh, it's one of those movies that I, it's such a, a – a little scene movie that I want to try to bring it to the forefront. So, dear listener, if you've ever heard of a movie called The Roost from Ty West from 2005, please give this movie a watch. This is Ty West's first movie. Um, I've heard of, I've I, heard of it, but I haven't seen it. I love Ty West's movies. I have yet to see one that I I, I didn't much care for the Innkeepers, but. I have liked every single movie that this guy has done. The He did a couple short movies in 2001, but The Roost was his first movie. He purposely – and this this is cool. First movie, he shoots this thing on 16 millimeters. So immediately it's cool. Immediately it's not – I mean it, <laughs> I, literally – I don't know about the movie, that. There, there are some – I mean, yeah, there are I some know. good movies that are shot on 60 Miller, Blair Witch, Clerks, I get it. But at the same time, they look like complete asshole. Yeah, this movie here, though, fits the storyline and, and what he did with this movie fits beautifully. Uh, the fact that he shot this movie on film and basically the movie starts with uh, the fact that you're watching a late night special movie presentation. So you're you're turning into this off channel on TV and Tom Noonan is your horror host. And it's this black and white, weird, like he's in this cheesy looking dungeon thing and he's introducing this movie. And then we cut to the movie and then this movie is, I, I go back to 16 millimeter because for some reason it looks so good because it's grainy and it, it just looks like an old movie. Like he is so good at doing that, making a movie look literally like of its time. So this doesn't look like a 2005 movie. This looks very much like a, an 80s movie. 
uh, like he did with House of the Devil. So this movie is basically about a group of, of I think, college kids. Their car breaks down, and they're in the middle of nowhere except for this farmhouse and the barn. And the barn happens to house a whole bunch of killer vampire bats. And so the rest of the movie is them um, making fairly stupid decisions and getting knocked off by uh, deadly vampire bats. And it is great. The music is so good in this movie. And this – you can tell immediately – the the budget on this thing was super low, but it was done right. There's a reason this guy is making movies. It's he gets good performances uh, out of the of the pretty much no name actors. The scores are great. The effects, while sparse, are really good and graphic. This was a I've watched this movie numerous times, and every time I watch it, I'm like, this is such a kick ass creature feature. This was the first time Ty West movie I ever watched, and I remember the first time I watched it thinking this guy is going to go places. I guarantee it's going to go – he's going to go places. And since then, he's made some of my favorite mo- horror movies of the past I mean, five, ten years with uh, House of the Devil, The Sacrament. Um, I guess those are the two main ones. So there you go. <laughs> I'm done on my half-drunken rant. It's a great movie. Seriously. I, 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 I would watch it. I'd look forward to watching it. Even though I didn't like fall in love with The Sacrament, I was a an expertly – well-made film. I, I totally respected it. Yeah. I just, it was like kind of a one and done for me. I don't know. I, I hate to say that shit, but it's sort of like, am I going to watch this again? No, but that was awesome. Uh, that's cool. Maybe, uh, I don't know, 10 years down the road or something. I'll want to jump back in that, uh, yeah. ballpark, but mm, we'll see. Uh, oh, and I will okay. say this one, one, one real quick thing before sure. we go. No, go this ahead. Movie. Um, Spoilers. There's a little bit of a spoiler here, but um, he uses one trick in this movie to literally uh, – <laughs> um, things don't go so hot for a couple people that during the movie and our Crypt Keeper guy, Tom Noonan, he actually stops the movie and he gives them a second chance. He's like, <laughs> eh, you know what? Let's hold on here. Uh, I basically, like the movie's going to – the movie's going to be done too soon. Let's rewind this a little bit. Let's let's do this a little bit different, shall we? And I'm like, that's just great. <laughs> it's like uh, like funny games, or yeah, kind of. Yeah, it, I, honestly, yeah, it kind of is like funny games. Uh, I'm so. down. I'm you know I'm totally down for that. No, but once again, yeah. that's going back to what you were talking about during the roulette. Somebody tries some uh, a different artistic choice with this artistic medium, and it either works for you or it doesn't. And funny games would definitely fall into that category. Yeah, you know, that breaking the fourth wall is one thing, but breaking it that hardcore is something uh, else yes. that would very easily either completely drag you in or kick you out of the film. Yeah. Okay, cool. I look forward to watching it. I, w- I would definitely watch it. I, I I like Ty West. I'm not a freak about him, but it's, you know, not that you are, just... Uh, yeah. I, he, I House of the Devil's a masterpiece. I love that movie. Yes, it is. Okay, uh, tease. Do you want to do a tease for this week? You're up first. Okay, um... We're fast approaching the holiday season, so I'm sure that I'm going to be getting into my Christmas stack of movies, although I do want to watch the new um, 
fantastic beasts and where to find them. That's going to be watched next week, I believe. I'm going to go see that one. Um, as far as other movies in the theater, that's that's probably going to be it. I don't get to go to uh, the movies as much as I would like. So that's the main one. Other than that, um, yeah. <laughs> More yeah. It's all right. You're good. Yeah. Um, for me... Uh, we're going out this weekend to celebrate daughter's birthday, and there was talk of shopping and or movie, and I have a feeling it's going to be shopping. Uh, but oh. I would really like to see Doctor Strange in 3D. And if, if they oh, don't... Oh, really? Oh. Uh, from what I've heard, the 3D is amazing, and it needs to be seen 3D. Oh, that's just, okay. That's what just what I've heard. We'll, we'll see. Okay. Uh, Suicide Squad is finally, the extended cut is finally on Voodoo, and so I'll probably be watching that with the wife sometime the next couple weeks, I assume. Next time we don't have, or have some kid-free time, maybe we'll get around to running that. Uh, I, man, I'd like to see Doctor Strange this weekend, but I just don't think it's going to happen. But that's all right. If it, <laughs> by the time it gets to the dollar theater, then I consider it game on. I'm going to watch that damn thing. Because I, I, I hear the effects are just bonkers. Um, what else? Yeah, it's <laughs> probably going to do it. I want to rewatch Deadpool. I got, I have the voodoo for that. and I, I kind of feel like I should watch that one again with all the speculation of what is going on with the Deadpool 2 uh, sequel. Because yes, I know. Tim Miller was went away, said no, and what's going on there? Hopes for the sequel diminishing, but we'll see. Who knows? Hopefully yeah. Ryan Reynolds can keep the flame going long enough to keep get that movie uh, made the way that it should be. Are you going to – well, this is probably a dumb – I think I know the answer to this question, but are you going to be watching Bad Santa Part 2 in the theater? Nope. Okay. I didn't think, nope. I didn't think so. I know you in comedy, but uh, <laughs> I know how big of a fan you and I both are for uh, the first Bad Santa movie. I wasn't sure if that was one that you would actually – go to the theater to watch. Now, here's the problem. I'm going to go to the theater to watch it, and somebody's going to be an obnoxious asshole, and then I have a hard time enjoying the movie at home because I just keep, every time I watch it, I'm yeah. going to think of that person. Yep. I know what you mean. Want to throat punch him. Yep. As always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspot at yahoo.com. I'm just giving this out because we haven't done it in a while. Uh, yeah. Facebook.com slash moviefreakspot is our home space. And at moviefreakspot on the Twitter, we if you hit us up there, I will definitely hit you back ASAP. It just, we get minimal traffic on Twitter, and rightfully so, because I'm not on there every single day. Uh, tweeterly tweedling about tweedle tweets and tweedled things. Me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, anything else to add for this episode, sir? I'm done. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not done, done. You're good. You, I think you got oh, a good uh, the 30 minutes. Stick a, stick a fork in this, two gingers. I'm, <laughs> I'm cooked. You are full of no soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you next week, sir. Bye. I'm Eric Martin. I mean, <laughs> you two weaver fight. Thanks for listening.